culture is a popular topic, but honestly, we get a lot of it wrong still. We have the best of intentions as coaches, especially if you're listening to this podcast. It means you want to do right by your girls and be your best for them, but there are just some things in our way that throw us off track. So if you want to learn about what we've called the culture oopses, head to Facebook or Instagram and check those out. If you're on our email list, you've been getting the emails, but this has been a real big aha for me um, going through these, kind of laying them out on the biggest things I've learned as a coach through watching Alicia, through applying this in my own journey and really seeing where we can get even better in culture this is where. And I'd like to make one final invite if you're listening to this live on Monday, August 7th for Culture Bootcamp. We've got Lonnie Alameda as our special guest, probably the last time she'll be with us. And maybe the last time we'll have a special guest at all. Uh, So join in. The biggest part is really the blueprint that you will walk away with at the end. So if you want to do that, head to mentalsweetspot.com slash bootcamp and join. And for now, I'm really excited to share this episode with one of my favorite bootcamp alumni. She is an absolute rock star. She came to us as a travel ball coach and director of a facility. And she just knew that she was this relational coach that wanted to develop culture and develop her players as better people. And boy, has she done that. And the coolest thing is through gaining her confidence in boot camp and seeing what she really has to offer now she's worked her way all the way up to a d1 head coach so if you want to hear her story and hear how she truly builds those strong relationships even at the level that's supposed to be all business listen in enjoy get your head in the game coach you're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration i'm melanie rushing and i'm alicia smith and we help softball teams win more games and have more fun Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Got an awesome guest today. I love this coach so much. Had the honor of meeting her at one of our first boot camps, OG right here. And wow, the journey you've been on since then. Please welcome Miss Candace Brockbitter Fenton. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Mel. It's exciting to be here on the other side doing a podcast with you. Yes. All right. I want to jump on in. Talk to me. Let's go way back. Talk to me about your softball journey all the way from playing through where you are now coaching. Yeah, of course. I love that. So I started at a young age playing little league behind the house. We had a ballpark right behind mom and dad's house. And I spent hours by myself or with my dad training and got into travel ball. My high school coach, luckily he was a, he was a national level travel ball coach and his daughters both played Don Peters, shout out to Don Peters. A lot of people know Donnie. Um, so we just had great coaching from high school all the way through, connected with travel ball. Um, I played for Boone and Dar, one of the national programs back in the olden days out of Michigan. Um, and then I got recruited at the Kent Showcase, ironically, that they still have. I got picked up by Bowling Green. Um, and a funny story behind that is after the coaches left, I was still playing in one of the showcases and I was a catcher. And my hand got broken by a batter, but the coaches had already left. So it was a big secret that I didn't tell anybody. So, 
So then from there, I became, you know, I went to BG. I had a great four years at BG. I loved my experience, my team, just the, the town, the community, um, became a teacher, did the mom and wife thing for a while and started my family and taught for 12 years, got involved in coaching, uh, my daughter at like eight U then 10 U and got into the travel org world and coaching high school ball. Um, and then eventually transitioned into working at a facility with travel orgs. And that's how I connected with BG's previous head coach. And the rest is history. I was on staff for two years as an assistant and I'm going on my second year as the head coach of my alma mater. So for me, it's like all the stars aligned perfectly. And your kids coming to play for you. Yes. And my daughter is graduating early and she'll be joining the roster in January and wearing number three, which is the number I wore. So it's pretty exciting. Talk about full circle. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. So proud of you. I remember all the conversations when you were going through this, like, guess what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, honestly, you're the reason I applied to be an assistant. Like, through all the boot camps, I was working with the travel orgs and I was doing the mindset and the mental training and the culture training with young girls. And that position opened up and I was completely intimidated. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have the experience. I don't have this. And you're the one that was like, go for it. You're fine. Go for it. Look at two years, three years later, here we are. (laughs) Yes. No. As soon as I saw it pop up, I was like, you got to apply. I know I probably would have been there was other times where it became open at different times throughout my journey and I was always so intimidated like I don't know if it's the right time is it ever the right time honestly but for you know the different trainings and like the connections I made with you guys on the boot camp I felt you know no better time than now so giddy up here we go Mm -hmm. yeah you absolutely have what it takes so now on this side talk to me about how you've been implementing all of the culture and mental game stuff you've been doing for years at a position that you were intimidated by. How is it just more of the same goodness you were doing before? Honestly, it makes my job easier to know the kids at that level. So as an assistant, I really handled a lot of the mindset training for the two years I was the assistant. And we did journal writing, which I love with the girls. And I like them to tell like, what they did really well for the day so we can twist our thought process and focus on the positive because we know that it's very easy to focus on what didn't go well. So I have them journal write. Typically, it was like once a week um, or after a big competition on the bus and say what worked really well for me today, what was my success, Um, whether that means being the best teammate or hitting the winning run, it's irrelevant, right? I just want to know positivity. And then something that I want to develop doesn't have to be something I failed at because I don't want to use that word. Um, And then from there, it's like a plan in place to improve on those things. So not only do I identify what we did really well, what we need to work on, and then putting it in writing, the steps we're going to take that following week to really implement that and be cognizant of what we need to work on. Um, I also do the culture training that, like, that we did, the blueprint that you guys work with. We do, we do that with the team every year. Um, that'll actually be happening in our first meeting before the girls even step on the dirt. So We do a lot of, uh, you know, we're still doing the, I do book studies with them. So something as simple as the energy bus was their summer reading. So when they get back on campus, um, we're going to make sure that we facilitate and really start um, focusing on those things. Last year, being a first year and just jumping into the frying pan right off the rip, I have to say this year, I'm going to do better as a coach because I'm always self-reflecting and I'm a, you know, 
I'm a student of the game on and off the field. So I definitely have a lot. I met with a sports psych today and I already have great ideas with her. She meets with the girls once a week. I give her an hour of our training time because I feel so holistically that this is such an important piece to our game. And I tell my girls, if I don't have a hundred percent of you healthy, physically, mentally, and emotionally, then I can't expect the best player on the dirt. So um, that's pretty much our philosophy and our program that we're transitioning to. I love that. And I love that you've got a sports psych. Is she on campus? She is. She's amazing. Shout out Danny P. Um, she joined us last December. Um, mm-hmm. And she was working with our girls biweekly um, during season. So in the fall, it'll be weekly so that the new mm-hmm. kids, you know, the new athletes coming in can build a relationship with her. I do have a handful of girls that see her on their own, which I love. I want them all building that relationship. I'm really big about connecting my girls to all the possible resources um, so that no one ever feels like, you know, we have a life coach that works with them as well. Dr. Michael Brown works with our athletes here as well. So they're not getting, not only getting a sports psych, we have a life coach. So whoever they're comfortable with, um, they have a lot of different resources. So I definitely want to make sure freshman year in the fall is a lot. And I want to make sure they're extremely supported. So absolutely yeah I tell all my visits especially their parents like we are not afraid of the counselor she's another coach to us it helps that there are a lot of people in this realm who were athletes too Mm -hmm. um but yeah all the coaches we can get come on yeah well honestly I meet with her saying like this is a transition that I need to do I mean I was an assistant coach with my seniors and my and my juniors so there's a transition of our relationship as well And I really work with um, the sports psych uh, to make sure that the translation is something that's being understood so that she can support it in their conversations and she can like navigate and I can bounce ideas off of her. Like, this is what I want it to look like. And here's where I want to be. What's the smoothest transition that's going to be easy for them to understand as well as for me to facilitate and not feel bad or, you know, I want to be everyone's friend and everyone's mom, but as a head coach, it's a different role than an assistant coach. So Absolutely. And there's a difference between being their buddy and being friendly in like a mentor way. Yep. Yep. So I think that actually I want to make you talk more on that because that's a hard transition for a lot of us. There's a lot yeah. of parent coaches. There's a lot of us that just that's where we're more comfortable. How do you balance that? So far, you're one. <laughs> one point yeah. two now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I would say, you know, again, it's just a lot of that self-reflection and giving clear and concise expectations to them, being very direct on what you want, and then having the accountability be very, like, clearly outlined and following through. Because it's real easy as a mom, right? Oh, you just give in sometimes to your kids, and it's no different when it comes to your athletes because you love them. So, um and my, my staff helps me with that a lot. Cause I'm more of like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. And they're like, no, like just for accountability, it is a big deal coach. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, um, I think that it's just really, and I'll be more prepared this year and the year after that and 10 years down the road. Right. But we definitely go over like the team contract, the team expectations, what it looks like if somebody, you know, has to be held accountable and that's fine. It's part of life. It's part of job skills. It's part of life skills. So Um, just being very clear and direct and it's not personal. It's just the expectations and we all have a job to do. And my job is to make them great humans and great athletes and even better women in the workforce and in the world. So. Absolutely. 
And yeah, there's lots of possible routes you can take with expectations and rules. Have you had an example of like, okay, that went well, like she needed correcting, <laughs> needed some guidance and like, yes, she followed suit and met that expectation. Do you have an example yeah. from last year? Um, I would say, I mean, cause it was all new with me taking over for a lot of the girls. So um, I would say, you know, the seniors had the hardest time with the transition because they were certain, they were used to a certain way uh, you know, different expectations. And that happens in all programs that have new coaching, which is happening a lot everywhere. Right. So um, I would say really just having like those direct conversations with my seniors really helped them buy in because they're used to a more direct approach. Whereas, you know, my freshman class last year, they did not really enjoy or appreciate a direct approach. So like their conversations were much different than what I had with my upperclassmen. So I would say, uh, you know, one of my upperclassmen outfielders, um, she really didn't understand how and why I was doing things. It turned into, I had her come into the office. Things were making a lot more sense to her on how and why and what that looks like um, on my side of things. So I think, again, that's that transparency and communicating with them. Like, it's not going to happen for me. We don't, we don't handle those things happening like I would say on the field or at the practice, it needs to happen behind closed doors and having those conversations of my expectations and their expectations of each other and just being very comfortable with having those conversations. And how did you get her to come in? Because I've definitely been in the place before. I know everyone listening has where you're like, it's an open door policy and no one comes. <laughs> oh, no one yes. comes through the door. <laughs> so I make my office extremely comfortable. Um, and maybe that's my former teacher mentality. So like, we've got the lamps, we got the comfy lights, we got the, you know, the comfy chairs, and I have a Keurig, I bribe them with coffee. No, um, I just make it in the beginning, it's mandatory once a month, I give them a sign up sheet. Um, I honestly use like a sign up genius sheet. And I say, okay, these are the hours that were available. And I and, and I have all my staff involved in that. So if it's like 10 minutes with coach Aaron 10 minutes with coach Jake and then 10 minutes with me and typically ends up going much longer but um I just get them they, half the time they're like I didn't even know like some of the other girls were like I didn't know that this is where the office was at and I'm like yeah it's a cool place like I'm here I, I I'm next door to compliance I enjoy you know bantering with them and and I make everybody everyone hears me in the office let's just say that that's they they say we know when Fenton's in because she's always laughing or carrying on in her room but um, I would say just making it so that it's mandatory in the beginning, like, Hey, I need to check in with you. I want to know how you're doing. It doesn't have to be softball. It doesn't have to be school. Let's just come in, go over the things, anything that you need more from or anything that's working. Let's have those conversations. So in the beginning, I make it mandatory once a month. And then we just have our follow-up like in the spring, cause you're so busy with schedule and travel and their days off are usually in the training room, putting their bodies back together. So, um, in the spring, it's less, but we're on the bus a lot. So then I just call them up on the bus. Like, um, and some kids enjoy it more than others. And springtime, I let them pretty much have their own discrepancy. And I'll see the same kid once a week. And I might not see another kid, but once a month. So I just let them know that I'm available. And they just seem to come. Like, I was talking to one of my girls yesterday. She called me. She's like, hey, I haven't talked to you. I just feel like, you know, I just want to know how things are going. How's recruiting? I'm like, I'm amazing. Like, are you good? Are you safe? She's like, yeah, coach. I just want to say hi. I'm like, Okay, you made me nervous. You made me nervous. <laughs> oh, yeah. As soon as you're talking, you're like, what's wrong? <laughs> yeah. Like, can you talk? I'm like, oh, gosh, what's happening? Is the world falling? No, they just want to say hi. So 
Um, I keep in contact with them through GroupMe, sending like motivational, you know, motivational stuff through GroupMe and communicate mm-hmm. all the different things that they, the paperwork that they need to have for compliance and yes. the different things for their physicals, you know, all the things. But um, I definitely try to keep sending motivational quotes and let them know, you know, I'm thinking about them. We miss them. It's so boring in Bowling Green when the softball players aren't in town. So <laughs> agreed. It's so different here in the summertime. Yeah. So quiet. There's no traffic. It's it's kind of nice about that part. But I told the girls, (laughs) like, I realized I'm really dependent on them for entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Well, good. Well, tell me more about the relationship building. How do you do that with your girls? Um, in addition to so you've also already talked about meetings with them, like kind of chit-chatting. They've also talked about journaling. Um, what are some of the ways that you build the relational part of you into even your practice plans? Uh, well, we definitely have time where they talk. We give them time to talk all the time. So we even give them the, op- like the option before we plan for a week schedule. We ask them, you know, is there something that a, a skill that you guys have done, a drill you guys have done, something that works for you? Because I know a lot of times we get caught up in like just doing the same things that we know works, but that doesn't connect with every single athlete. So um, we typically have them communicate. We give them the practice plans ahead of schedule. And then if there's something they want to see, like on the next week, we just ask them to communicate that with us. And we're really laid back on just what works for hitting. There's a drill that we just completely forgot about or overlooked. And it really works good for, you know, half the kids. Um, we also, I mean, we have very structured practices. We're very time efficient, but we also give the girls time to discuss the different plays. Like, is it making sense? Cause I want them to hundred percent buy in versus this is the way it is because we said that's the way it is. Right. Like they, I want them to have those hard conversations and ask questions of their teammates, of the coaches, and we can come together. if like, I need to present it a different way or my staff needs to present something a different way to connect at all levels. Um, so we definitely give lots of opportunity um, when, when that said, we also have them, um, from time to time, I will ask them to talk about their journal writing with what they're comfortable sharing. Um, I do different writing prompts for them as well. So we'll say, I'll read a quote. And then I put quotes on their practice plans every single day. We have a different quote. And at the beginning of practice, I have somebody read the quote. And then we talk about how that resonates with each one of us, with our program, what that looks like. Uh, but even with all of that, you still have your struggles. You still have the, like the uncanted moments where you have to, you know, hold them accountable, have hard conversations in a safe space. And I'm okay with those conversations. I typically like them to be in private away from the team, away from the field, but then we're really quick to bring them back. And, and if there's an apology that's needed, we have those hard conversations. Or if there was a communication glitch and we say, okay, you're a type A personality and -and so-and-so may not take that receptive. Maybe you hurt their feelings. You didn't mean to, right? We're all females working through the the whole journey here. So you didn't mean it that way, but let's have that hard conversation of, I'm sorry you took it that way. That wasn't my intent. And then building instead of letting things fester, because I know that that becomes a culture killer is when things are overlooked and different conversations and behaviors are not and that's hard, right? Cause I don't like to call kids out on those things. So I've found different strategies of if I see something that is going to be a culture killer, we navigate that privately and we mentor them through it. So for me, I'm really big on, Hey, come in the office. 
if it's two, three, whatever. And that's another side that helps with like the sports psych being involved because she can navigate through that. And our life coach helps navigate through those hard conversations. So we've got a lot of support, but it happens like everybody else. We just make sure that we talk about it. Oh, that is such a good point. Cause yeah, it can be so easy to be like, okay, it's not killing us right now. I'm going to have to focus on these other things or maybe I can deal with it later. Um, but no, getting ahead of it is always better. Um, yeah. And some days you may feel like, oh my gosh, this is a complete distraction in the mm -hmm. moment. Absolutely. And I do say that like at this moment, ladies, like this is distracting us from our journey, but now we have something else to work on. And that is building this and fixing this situation. Uh, and before we can get back to the ultimate plan. Um, but yes, like it's a small distraction in the moment, but if you ignore it, it completely can sabotage everything. So we definitely take that time to have those conversations. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing your, like your style of dealing with it too. I think for a long time, I, as a more relational coach was like, okay, well, I have to be stern. I have to yell at them in front of everybody. Like, no, that A didn't fit me. Uh, B just made everyone uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So having those conversations individually, uh, even if it, like you guys don't have office hours like Candace and I do, like just a text yeah. for, or a phone call yeah. after hours, that kind of thing. Well, and I try. So like this coaching thing is so funny, right? Like I was coached a certain way mm -hmm. and it worked. I mean, I could be screamed at till they're blue in the face and I'm going to produce because that's how I was trained. Right. And mm -hmm. I've worked with different coaches and there's other different coaches that have different approaches that are much more assertive. And like, I go through the whole, like, okay, I need to be assertive. Like, that's not who I am. Okay. I need to be direct. Absolutely clear and direct. I do need to do, I do need to be that person. But like, I was talking to another coach that I'm very good friends with, um, from Finley and we were, we just talked literally two days ago and I was t going through like my approach this year and, you know, cause you're always talking like it becomes your entire existence and how you want to be a better coach and what you want to do for your program. And she said, don't change you. Like people are playing for you and they're coming because of the way you present yourself and your energy. She's like, yes, I agree. Like we can all get better. She's like, but do me a favor and like, don't change you because we like you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that resonated with me. I don't have to be like anyone I've ever co played for or coached with. Or so for me, it is just continuing to evolve into that authentic coach. Just like we want our girls to be authentically themselves on the dirt. So um, yeah, there's always room for improvement, but definitely not losing ourselves in the moment. Cause it's real easy to get stressed out. <laughs> it's real easy to be like, nothing I'm doing oh, is yeah. working. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the process. We just, you know, and for me, I like to have fun and I like my girls to have fun with production. Um, we spend the same amount of hours together, whether we're miserable or happy or at least productive. So I tell them like, we're going to spend more time with each other than we do our families. Let let's enjoy our time. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I have 100% with you there. Oh, yeah. I love that. Uh, everyone pause, rewind, hear that again. <laughs> uh, okay. So bringing it back, uh, I had this question at the beginning, forgot about it. And now it's brought back to mind. What are your B words? I have to be um, rested. I've learned that I have to take care of myself um, because that makes me... Yeah. Like if I'm not getting enough rest or taking care of myself, 
um, with good, with good diet and workout, um, then it makes it so it's hard to balance all the things that we balance as coaches. Right. Um, I need to be extremely organized. Like I said, already having all my stuff submitted now and just knowing, cause I've been through it already. So I'm like 10 steps ahead of myself. That makes it so that I can be more in the moment in that exact moment instead of worrying about other things that need to be done. My staff is really, really great with, I give a list typically of things that we all need to do and we navigate through that um, and delegate wonderfully. So it's pretty balanced and I trust them and they've been my support through last year. They both are coming back. So for me, they, you know, they, they enjoyed the process and they're ready to come back and they both already have great plans, you know, what they want to do with hitting and pitching and, and training. And so um, for me is having them on board and they're just so supportive of my crazy ideas whenever I send them. So, um, I would say that organization and being prepared helps me really be able to facilitate and be embrace the training when we have to train or the games we have to, when we have to do the game. So being prepared and being rested and healthy are the two big things that I learned that has to go, which are my controllables. I can control both of those things. Um, so year two, those are my big goals to control because there was times where, you know, you let things get to you and you're not sleeping and you're not eating and you're living on coffee and you are just really going through it. So for me, it's really, and for me, I think I need to lead by example for my girls as well. Like if they're watching me maintain standards, how can I expect them to have standards if I'm not living those standards as well? So you know, with the whole scheduling and balancing of everything and being a mom and being a coach and being a wife, it's real life. You know, some days are better than others. And and I let them see, you know, authentically who I am. And I think that helps them as well. Um, but yeah, I have to lead by example for me. That's huge. That's why, you know, I started working out again. I'm running again because I let those things go. No me time because I had so much to, to, to do in my mind. And it just takes a little bit of time to stop and be like, okay, self-care is critical. So. Yep. We always think we don't have time, but really we're self-sabotaging on accident. Yeah. And <laughs> you feel so much better when you're actually fueling yourself correctly and it makes everything else just work. Mm-hmm. Like your brain. I get brain yeah, like, still. Just, like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like the little organ of the brain. Sometimes we need that guy to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of important. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for chatting with me. I'm sure people are taking so many notes and lots of nuggets. Would you like to leave the coaches listening with any last bits of advice or tips? I, you know, honestly enjoy the process. It Mm -hmm. is overwhelming. And I always say, you don't know what you don't know. I had no idea what a head coach's responsibility, even as an assistant, it's, it's, you have no idea. Just enjoy the process because you're learning. Um, and I would also say, be yourself, be authentically you, because that's why you're there. The kids thrive on that because we don't want all the kids to be cookie cutters. They don't want the coaches. And that's how we all get different kids at different places because they're coming to get a, a different experience. So I would say just embrace the journey and just be yourself and, and enjoy the ride because it's a crazy one. <laughs> so true. 
And that is a wrap on today's episode. We are most likely going to take a break from podcasts. As you saw, we skipped a week because I was busy doing mom and and coaching and all that kind of stuff. We've got great guests lined up, so make sure you're following the podcast in your apps. I don't know about you, but I just learned that your apps can notify you when new episodes are available. That's handy. Thank you, Apple Podcasts. Uh, And keep an eye on if you want to. In the meantime, if you're not joining us for boot camp, mentalsweetspot.com slash bootcamp, I encourage you to at least start with our assessment. Figure out where your team is with the seven C's and start from there. Start applying this every day in practice. And then keep an ear out, keep making a difference, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good one, coach. Thank you.